now she's starting to see the money gone, and I do have a nice income, but it's uh, catching up with me. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Spending money makes you feel good again, like you have some control or power in your life. I got ten toy soldiers for Billy Joe. I got a coloring book for Sue. I got a little toy train for Danny Boy and a cowboy suit for Lou. I got a talking baby doll for Cindy. I got a pair of roller skates for Jane. And baby, if we ever have any more kids, Christmas shopping's gonna drive me insane. Is there a guilt gnawing at your insides? You've racked up charges on more than one credit card. Or do you hide purchases and those receipts from your spouse or others? I'm Dr. Greg Jantz. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we are talking about compulsive shopping and spending. And what does it mean to get balance again and control our spending? Kara? You know, it's really got to be tough to be worried about losing control of your spending when all the sales ads are going on right now. Oh, I know. We do live in a culture of consumerism entitlement and it can be tough to sort out true needs from once especially if you have kids the holiday season here we are and the pressures to spend can feel enormous and here's the question to ask yourself does shopping give you a temporary rush it mood elevates it changes your mood maybe you found a great deal on the latest greatest tech gadget you rationalize the high price tag because it was too great of a buy to pass up (laughs) maybe you splurged on something for you and you know what we tell ourselves i deserve this maybe you've been going through such a hard time and a little shopping therapy brought you some happiness that you hadn't felt in a really long time spending money makes you feel good again like you have some control or power in your life You're earning reward points and making others happy. It's like, I'm going to use this credit card because I know I get points, right? And it really isn't a problem until it is. The thing about overspending and really being compulsive is that it does catch up to us really fast. Your credit card and credit cards, interest rates, and some of them are huge. You can get in a hole so big that feels impossible to climb out of this hole. Debt, guilt, and at times a lot of shame. And now we live with this constant worry. It's that sick feeling that, oh, what if I'm really found out? And maybe you have trouble sleeping. You've noticed it's affecting my sleep. I go to bed anxious or I wake up anxious. Maybe you've noticed too that your appetite's been affected. You feel like, ah, I just can't eat. Or the flip side, I'm so anxious, I'm eating all the time. Perhaps you've noticed that the only thing that makes you feel better is that trip to the mall. Maybe it's that deal on the online store. One click away, right? Part of you knows that it's making things worse. Worse for your life. Worse for your relationships. And there reaches a point where we do risk losing everything. And still, there's an urge to keep doing the behavior, to spend some more. Even when you tell yourself, I'm not going to do this. 
Well, does this sound like a pattern that you've had either in the past or now? Or is it somebody that you love and care about and you've seen this pattern in their life and it's affecting you and you're wondering, what do I do about this? 30 years ago, I founded the center, the center, a place of hope. And I can tell you, we see a lot of folks with compulsions and addictions. You see, a compulsion is a behavior that we feel compelled to engage in. And you've heard the word obsessive. Now, obsessive means it's in my thought. I'm thinking about it, thinking about it. The compulsion is the behavior. And bingo, I'm engaged in the behavior even at times when I know what the consequence is going to be. You see, this leads us down the path to an addiction. I've seen individuals be freed of this. And I know there's a cycle that can keep you in bondage and a cycle and some tough chains that can be broken. How can we really stop this? Not only is there the natural consequences and some folks will move all the way over to being on the verge of bankruptcy because of compulsive spending. Others, it's damaging relationships and it's still painful financially. If you or someone you care about is struggling with the shopping and the spending this season, call 888-771-5166. This may be a whole new idea today of talking about compulsive overspending as an addiction in the same way that maybe drugs or alcohol can be. It does temporarily dull some pain. I mean, we keep engaging in addictions because they mood alter. They change our mood. And we want to keep doing that. This shopping or compulsive shopping, devastating to people's health, and relationships. It's not about greed. And like other addictions, it's about a person desperately trying to gain some sense of control in their life, but it ends up controlling that person. And like other addictions, a compulsion to spend is an addiction that will lead you to altering your brain chemistries. So this is like a compulsive gambler type behavior. There are people that spending is their fix. Right. And so it can go that far. What would the first step then be in retraining your brain? It's interesting to watch just the sense of symptoms that you see in a person, the withdrawal, they feel depressed, they feel anxious because they don't have that old behavior to act out anymore. And that can be quite difficult. So I think there's a period where you're going through an emotional withdrawal and there's a sense of, I have really blown it. I have to, it's like, I'm a little kid. I have to be held accountable. I can't trust myself right now. And actually coming to that place that says, I need accountability. I can't trust myself right now. That's a real healthy place to come to. So, okay. I know I need these guardrails in my life. Please help me. I love when you said there has to be a willingness to change. If there's somebody in your story and you're thinking about this, that they're struggling with spending or you're struggling with spending, 888-771-5166. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about compulsive shopping and how to restore self-control and freedom. Dana asks if collecting is a problem. She says, my husband has a huge collection of tin toys. I guess they're, they're little cars and vehicles that were made from tin, and they were popular 50 years ago. 
And her husband says there are people out there who just have these collections that are much bigger than his. But she says that instead of going on vacation, he spends all their extra money at auction sites and he goes to junkyards and thrift stores. And it's making her feel like he likes his 50-year-old tin car collection more than he likes her. Okay, I want him to have a hobby. I want him to have uh, collecting in and of itself is not a problem. But here's our warning signs. Am I overspending with it? And is it taking priority over other important relationships in my life? Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is, how is it potentially hurting relationships? Priority means I'm going to do this versus being with others or my loved one. It's affecting my closeness because it becomes something that's between us. And you need to also look at the desire. Can I control this? You know, it's the person they're constantly online looking for the next item that they're collecting. Well, it ends up really controlling them or or they're thinking about it constantly. And so if it's taken that level of your brain power, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to say, Yeah, that's no longer collecting. That's addictive behavior. I'm curious about collections anyway. Does compulsive shopping lead to hoarding? Well, compulsive shopping and hoarding is a separate disorder, though hoarding can enter in. If I'm compulsively spending that I have so many things and I'm not taking the tags off of them and I just got to have them in my closet or I'm stacking them up somewhere and I don't return them. I don't use them, and the thought of not having them causes me anxiety. Mm. That's where it crosses the line into hoarding. I may have a hundred pairs of shoes, and some of them have never been worn, and I can't give them up, or I can't give up some in exchange for getting new. The person who keeps spending when they already have plenty, that's a warning sign. Obviously, today we're talking about compulsive behavior, specifically spending, can lead to other behaviors, such as hoarding. It also can lead us down a path of other addictive behaviors. Addictions like to live, if you will, in clusters so that we can be addictive in one area and then start an addiction in another. It's like the person who's the compulsive gambler who then starts drinking while they gamble. Now, over time, they've got a drinking addiction and a gambling addiction. So the person who's compulsive spending, they may spend some of this on food and consumption of food and after a while become very compulsive with food and start a second addiction. This sounds like you or someone that you know that's struggling with some of these different compulsions, maybe with the holidays or even just in general. I wanted to mention Dr. Greg Jans' book, Gotta Have It. It offers wonderful insight into our compulsions and practical steps you can take right now to become free of them. You can find the book and connect with Dr. Jans at his website at aplaceofhope.com. Compulsive spending. How do you know if you're in trouble? If you're thinking about it today, okay, <laughs> and you're driving along and you can't wait to go to a store or you're, you're kind of, I call it scheming in my mind about my next steps. Are you justifying the spending? Oh, I'm all for a good deal. And I think you, we sh- should be wise stewards. Here's the issue. It's so easy these days, and we live in a one-click society that we can lose this sense of impulse control. Impulse control is that ability to delay gratification. 
It's that ability to self-regulate. You know, that internal governor that we have that keeps us going in the right direction. And if we're compulsive, that internal governor doesn't work and my impulse control is like non-existent. And I just keep clicking away. How do you know if you're in trouble? Are you lying about it? Do you feel that you have to keep all your spending a big secret? If I'm found out, I'll be so ashamed. There's the fear of finding out. And one spend leads to another lie, another secrecy. And here's another one that's really important to look at is, does it make me feel better? When I spend, ah, does it just feel good? Am I using spending to alter my mood? I'm going to suggest too that this affects our spiritual well-being. We can begin to have guilt and shame and affects our prayer life. It affects our ability to really be in fellowship in a true and an intimate way with God. So compulsive behaviors rob us ultimately of intimacy. They are there to provide a false intimacy. And a false intimacy is a replacement. I can be more intimate with spending than I can with people. It is my easy way. The gal who told me that, yeah, I'm more intimate with food and spending than I am with others. It's safer. Lies, secrecy, guilt, shame. I need this to feel better. Here's how to do a self-check. This is your way to do a checkup from the neck up, so to speak. A spending log. Can I, for one week, write down all of my spending, including when I go and gas my car, log every cent for one week? And each time I keep that log, put down an emotion. Did I feel angry, anxious, afraid? What was the emotion that went along with my spending? You just say, well, I'm just gassing the car. No emotion there. I'm just glad to get the gas in the car. But then from there, you went through the fast food restaurant. And from there, you went into the convenience store and bought a few other things you didn't need. What's the emotion? Hi, Tom. Well, hi, Dr. Jan. Thank you for taking my call. My problem is pretty close to that. I am real close to being a compulsive gambler. And when I lose... On the way home, I'll go buy things at the clothing store or something like that for my wife. Now she's starting to see some money gone, and I'm retired military, so I do have a nice income, but it's uh, catching up with me, and uh, I, I just need some encouragement to sit down at the table and let her know how much I've gone sideways on with this, and pretty painful. And gambling it gives me a huge shot of adrenaline because I'm a combat veteran, I feel so alive. And I'm looking at those cards. And I know that's not right, but, but I do. Okay, Tom, let's talk, let's talk about this, and I have a couple questions for you. Do you have a preferred way of gambling? Is it cards? It's mainly blackjack. Okay, and you mentioned a high surge of adrenaline. Uh, yeah, I, I feel really, really uh, alive. Uh, you know, right on a razor's edge, like you are in a firefight you yes. know, in combat. It recreates some of those emotions and feelings, doesn't it? For me, yes. Very much so. Tom, what's the frequency that you do this? Uh, weekly. 
sometimes two or three times in a week. Okay, two or three times in a week. And then- Usually I don't gamble more than four hours, but see, the four hours is robbing my wife of her time with me. Well, sure, if I did it three times a week, I'm, I'm at least into it 12 hours. That's, that's a lot of time. Yeah, well, it is. So yeah. what does your wife know about this so far? Well, she knows that, that I, I like to play blackjack just a little bit and this and that, but she doesn't realize how much time I'm doing and how much I'm losing Okay. at this point. All right. And I, I, I see the right hand wall. My, my Waterloo is coming here, and I, and I want to catch it before it collapses on her because it's not fair to her. Mm-hmm. I, I'm having a hard time mustering up the courage to sit on a table and tell her, but I, I will. Okay, let's talk about that. And You mentioned that after gambling, did you mention you sometimes purchase things for your wife? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And tell me why you do that. I do that hoping that she'll still like me or love me after I tell her that, sure. that I've been doing this. And it's kind of a, um, a guilt thing. I have some guilt running pretty deep. And right behind it is that shame. I'm a mature man and been to the military and combat and everything else. What, what the heck am I doing? What you've described, yeah. Tom, is really the power of the compulsion to gamble and just how far this will take us. You have to intervene now because it's got you on a very, as you know already, a very self-destructive path. And I Absolutely. want to encourage you, you've got to schedule that time to sit down with your wife and say, I love you, and this has gotten out of control in my life, and I want to be completely yes. honest with you. That's, oh, man. That, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, okay, <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's the fear? And that's yeah. what I want to do. Well, what's the fear in doing that? That I'll be uh, rejected and be told, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a bad person, or okay. how could you do that? I thought you'd love me. Uh, 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 all those things, uh, you know, I, I'd rather go through a firefight than to hear those things again. I'm sure that's true, <laughs> but you need to let her know. And here's where you have to conclude that conversation is, I am so sorry, I love you, and I am going to get some help. I am determined. Oh, yeah. You have That'll to work, conclude huh? with that. You know, Uh-oh. you've got to take everything that's coming your way, and you've got to say, yep. I am so sorry, I know this is a problem, I love you, and I am getting help now. And then you have to wow. do it. You wow. have to show that you're doing it. Because this gambling is, is meeting some kind of a need for you. Yeah, it is. What do you think it's doing and for I you? And i got to figure out exactly uh, why. I don't know. Like I said, the only thing I can think of, it, it's just absolutely right on the razor's edge. Do or die, adrenaline yes. pumping, and uh, one of the worst feelings is walking out and and I blew five hundred bucks. Right, you know, then I have to go home and try to maintain a decent attitude. Exactly. Look what this is doing to you. Here's uh, some of yeah. the complications when we play card games and if we're gambling with the same people over and over. Is that uh-huh. what you're doing? Is it the same group of people? Well, no, it's at a casino. Okay. Sometimes when we do... Yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah. um, (laughs) You get to know them, don't you? Yeah. So, but what happens is there's a familiarity and we go, we usually go to our favorite table and it kind of gets almost ritualized and we have certain superstitions almost around doing things a certain way. Yep. You're absolutely right. Okay. Two things I I would like to have you do today. One is I want you to actually commit to I will tell my wife the truth and I will 
get the help I need. By the way, there are some really great resources to help us with gambling. I'm at a place where I don't want to dig any deeper, and I want out. Okay, here's what you have to do. You have to take care of it in the next 24 hours. I'll give you my word. I will. Okay, Tom. You've helped me so much just by telling me what can be done, and all I need to do is act on it. And uh, you encourage me greatly. The last thing you're going to tell your wife is, I know this is a problem. I love you so much, and I am going to get help. Thank you, Tom. I promise. I will do that. God bless you. Pray for strength to say the right words and be totally honest. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for being there. That really means a lot to me. You got it. You may have reached a point where you know this is so out of control that you've been faced with gambling behaviors, compulsive overspending, and other behaviors that are destroying your life. To find out how to get help now and what it means to receive a new direction and freedom in your life, call us at the center, A Place of Hope, toll free, 1-888-771-5166. To get help today, find out what the options are, 888-771-5166. And we have Sue joining us. Hi, Sue. Tell us about spending. Hi. I'm actually calling in reference to a family member of mine, my mother. I believe she has a compulsive spending problem. Before I listened to your show today, I wasn't really aware of it. But I actually volunteered my credit cards um, to my mom Uh uh, for purchases. It was for a home remodel, and I thought they were actually selling the house and they turned around and decided to keep it but it sits empty but they continue to shop and buy things for a house that they don't want to rent or live in yeah so i have a couple thousand dollars that my Mm. family agreed to assist paying off but now they're avoiding me and i didn't hear from them at all during the holidays they didn't they haven't returned any calls called and wished them you know happy thanksgiving and you know i worry about them and i just haven't heard anything, and it's come down to even their family friends have volunteered to purchase things on their behalf in exchange for repayment, and they also didn't get reimbursed, and they haven't heard from them either. Tell me more about the pattern you're seeing with your mom. Did you see some things before this? Yeah, you know, because they have rooms in the house that are full of, when you had mentioned things that had price tags, Yes. loads and loads of boxes of fabric and computerized sewing machines that haven't been used, several of them, and they're very pricey. They had to move into a bigger house, actually. Does this sound like, does it sound like courting to you? They're very organized. Everything is very organized. Like she has three refrigerators and they're stuffed full of food and it's never enough. And they just throw it out and replace it every week. That's, That's hoarding, isn't it? That's, well, that's hoarding. That's what behavior. I was going to ask you. Yes. Well, it, it is. There are hoarders, some that are extremely organized. And they know where everything is, but they keep adding to it. Yes, yes. I think sometimes when we think of the person that's a hoarder, we think of big, huge piles and a big mess, which is, is true. But yeah. there are some that are really organized, really clean, but they're collecting yes. and hoarding. Do you have um, other family members that know what's going on, Sue? Yeah, I think we all kind of have an idea of what's going on, but it just isn't discussed. Maybe you're the one to break the silence and bring together some family members and say, here's what's going on, and and we need to talk about this so we get everybody on the same page. 
well, they've managed to kind of alienate people from them. Yes. And when we've attempted to try to, you know, make contact, we get very upset as if we're violating their privacy. The interesting dynamic is that my family is very religious. Yes. My dad's actually a religious speaker and yeah. writer. And yeah. so they believe that this is God's abundance in their life. You know, God wants us to have these things and he wants abundance for us, God's blessing in their life upon them, but it's affecting all of us and we actually have lost our relationship. God's abundance usually doesn't come with a lot of debt, though. Isn't that, a, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, really. So, because that God's abundance in our life comes in different ways. And if we just say that's through material things and, it, and we're creating debt, and we're harming relationships, that doesn't sound like God's abundance to me. That sounds okay. like a distortion of God's word. Okay. So I want you to gather at least okay. three or four other family members or others that know what's going on, have a meeting, okay. and even some of them are far away and you got to do it by phone as well, but get everybody together because then we've got to talk about how are we going to intervene on this situation? When I've attempted to actually ask them, well, what would you like me to do about this debt? It's as if I've attacked them particularly my mom, and, you know, that we should give freely with no expectation of anything in return. It's not love if we haven't given freely of ourselves, that we're not loving, and it's really put me into debt at this point. Right. For them to continue their behavior, they have to justify it. It's distortion of truth, isn't it? Because really what has to happen is an intervention on their behalf, because it's taking them down a path of destruction. Okay. Pray for wisdom, but get everybody together so it rays on the same page. And you're going to need to do an intervention. This is tough, okay. Sue. It's, it's your parents, and they're living a distorted reality. And it's harming all these relationships. Christmas is all in the heart. That's where the feeling starts. And like a fire inside, it touches every part. Christmas is all in the heart Even if no white snow falls That's alright because The joy can still be found Wherever you are Cause Christmas is all carry guilt and shame along with that growing debt? Have you made promises to yourself and to loved ones about your spending? Today's shopping could be permanently destroying tomorrow's contentment, as well as bringing in depression and guilt and shame. The good news is there is hope, and we can decide today to identify the root causes of overspending and being compulsive and begin the steps to find freedom from that compulsion today. We would like to help. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of the Center, A Place of Hope. Together with my colleague, Dr. Tim Clinton, and the crew at Life, Love, and Family, we have all the resources that you need to get started. I want you to call us anytime. 855-455-3264. 455-3264. And thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. If you want to share what you've heard today, you can listen to this program again 
or simply share it with somebody that you love from our website at lifeloveandfamily.net. Life, love, and family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call 1-888-771-5166 or for help right now visit aplaceofhope.com. 